0: brought to you by the students of Mary Persons High School in conjunction with MPTV. This is Monroe County Schools Radio exclusively on Magic 100 FM. I'm your host Carrie Buckendale. Happy birthday Monroe County! Next weekend our community will host its bicentennial celebration. 200 years Can you even imagine the progress and technological advances made during that time? To learn more about the history and the upcoming celebration, MP senior Mariah Germany spoke with local historian, Ralph Bass.
1: Hi, my name is Mariah Germany and I'm here with MPTV recording a radio interview with Ralph Bass for the Bicentennial Festival. In this interview, he will give reliable information on how to attend the festival, what's going to be offered there, and so much more things that you can do there. I hope you enjoy this segment. Good morning. Good morning. I'm Mariah Germany. I'm the one that's going to be interviewing today.
2: Good. Looking forward to talking with you.
1: Thank you. Um, so to get started, can you give me a brief description on what the Bicentennial Festival is?
2: I'm glad you used the word festival. It has rather tickled my fancy because I've really been concerned about what to call the weekend of September the 25th and 26th. I generally refer to it as the Bicentennial Weekend. Two use of the word festival, and referring to it as the Bicentennial Festival, is so very appropriate. Thank you. The festival is for celebration, and what we will be doing is celebrating 200 years of Monroe Canyon's history.
1: So, you said that it will be when?
2: It will be September the 25th and September the 26th, I've on heard Saturday and Sunday.
1: I've heard around that people have been asking, like, is it going to cost any money?
2: to attend? No, there's no charge at all for admission to the festival. You can come and go as you wish and pay nothing. There will, however, be a charge for children using the inflatables. Those were expensive and we needed some income to defray the cost of those.
1: I understand. But that's
2: the only thing for which there will be a charge by the bicentennial commission. Okay.
1: So, why should people in Forsyth be interested in this event?
2: Well, let me say that it's not just one event that we're celebrating. We're actually celebrating, during the entire year, the creation of Monroe County. And let me explain that when I say during the entire year, that's because in January of 1821, the county was made possible by the session of the Creek Indians and the Treaty of Indian Springs that just granted the territory to the government and then in May of 1821 the state legislature drew the boundaries of Monroe County stretching from the Old moggy River to the Flat River and then in December of 1821 the state legislature organized a government for Monroe County so we're actually celebrating it seems to me on entire year of Monroe County history, 200 years of it. Um, what we were trying to do in planning was to bring all parts of Monroe County together to help us recognize that we have a common heritage, whether we arrived 10 years ago, whether we arrived 50 years ago, or whether our ancestors were among those who crossed the Old Muggy River in 1821 to settle here. And for that reason, we wanted all parts of the county to be involved.
1: Well, that's a very sweet reason. But following up on that, will there be any kind of like stations where people actually learn about the history, like anywhere they can just read about it at the festival?
2: Not stations where you can read about it, but let me point out, during the course of the year, we have put up exhibits in the Monroe County Annex, the Courthouse Annex. And these exhibits focus upon some aspect of Monroe County's history, its medical history, its communities, its local, its trains, its railroad history. And these exhibits have also been transferred to the Monroe County Library for exhibit are a part of our continuing celebration but they will not be right now on display during the bicentennial festival.
1: Alright. What types of like vendors will be at the celebration?
2: We will have the traditional vendors that you expect at a Georgia festival of the sort. But in addition we expect to have those who are dealing in arts and crafts of a traditional sort to bring a different dimension to the type of vendors. And there will be some food vendors as well, of course.
1: So will people be able to set up their own vending places or just just like with you guys? Any
2: booths that have to be set up would have to be coordinated through the chairman of the festival itself. And the chairman is Jonathan Adams. And he's responsible for all booths and arrangements for setting up booths. But it's something that one would need to do before the festival weekend.
1: Okay. Um, Will activities for both days of the celebration be different or will they be the same?
2: No, there will be different, different sorts of activities or different sorts of entertainment, I should say, on Saturday and on Sunday. We have a full slate of musicians and performance for Saturday and for Sunday afternoon. Winifred Berry has worked very hard in organizing this. They will include such groups as Soul Purpose, Shane Bridges, some dance groups, will also be involved to provide entertainment during the weekend. And although it's not a part of our program, let me remind you that touring Orlando is scheduled for a performance in the Fine Arts Center that evening on Saturday. That
1: sounds very fun. Okay, um, besides the inflatables that you mentioned earlier, will there be any other activities for children to take place in?
2: There will be basically the activity for children. Let me also mention two other things I failed to mention when you were asking about activities. On Saturday afternoon, there will be a proclamation ceremony. We were expecting Governor Kim to be able to be with us for that ceremony. And to add to it, we have arranged for a flyover some 10 older aircraft. I think that should be spectacular. I'd also like to remind you that we are having in the course of the weekend some walking tours in which individuals will give monologues that will be representing persons who played some role in the history of Monroe County in the last 200 years. And you can join the groups going from place to place around the square and in town on Saturday morning, on Saturday afternoon, or on Sunday afternoon. Let me also remind you that there's going to be a time capsule opening and reburial. Oh, the time capsules evidently have a fascinating history in Monroe County. And we are going to place another time capsule on the courthouse Square during the Bicentennial Festival.
1: Well, it sounds like you're really bringing the community together. Um, what is being done to keep safe, everybody safe at the festival regarding like, COVID-19?
2: We, do, we are doing a number of things. There will be advisory signs stationed throughout the festival street, which will be on North Jackson Street. We will have hand sanitizer stations. And we are also encouraging people to wear a mask. And to do this, we are sponsoring a raffle every periodically during the days of the festival there will be a drawing for individuals who have signed up who are wearing masks or otherwise taking protection while they're at the festival.
1: Well what will be offered at these raffles?
2: Oh there will be various prizes, t-shirts, there will be some monetary small monetary offerings as well. So there's a certain incentive to participate in the Uh, drawing, you must have demonstrated some way of protecting yourself and others during your presence at the festival.
1: Okay. That seems like a very good way to keep everybody safe, then. I'm glad.
2: Joe Reed is responsible for organizing this particular aspect of the festival.
1: Okay. Is there anything else you'd like to share?
2: Just let me encourage persons in, throughout Monroe County to join us for the festival weekend. I particularly applaud those who are working on the reenactment of historical persons. I think that would be a real draw. We did something like that for the cemetery too, not too long ago and it was a pretty good experience for those who participated in it. So let me encourage you to your listeners to consider coming out on Saturday morning or Saturday afternoon or Sunday afternoon and joining one of the walking tour groups.
1: Well, that's all I have for today. Thank you, Mr. Bass, and I hope that everybody goes out to the Bicentennial Festival on September 25th and 26th.
2: Thank you for talking with me.
0: Thank you. Again, the Bicentennial Festival kicks off next Saturday in downtown Forsyth. And don't forget to buy your tickets to Saturday night's Tony Orlando concert at the Monroe County Fine Arts Center. It's going to be a great show. We're starting something new this morning. We're taking a deep dive into each one of our Monroe County schools. Hear from teachers, students, and administrators on the current state of the school, as well as highlights from the past year. We begin our series with a focus on Hubbard Elementary School. For that, we go to Mary Person Senior, Bernard Penniman.
3: Hello, my name is Bernard, a member of MPTV, and I'm interviewing Dr. McCord, Ms. Brown, and Ms. Seitz from the Samuel E. Hubbard Elementary School. First person with us today is Dr. McCord.
4: My name is McQuanta McCord. I am the principal of Samuel E. Hubbard Elementary School.
3: Um, How long have you been at Samuel E. Hubbard Elementary School and can you tell us a bit about your educational background?
4: This is my 12th year at Hubbard. I started as an instructional coach in 2010 and served in that capacity for two years. I was then promoted to assistant principal and remained in that position until becoming principal this school year. I graduated from Mary Persons High School in 1993, earned an associate's degree in business administration from Gordon College in 1995, a bachelor's degree in business administration from Mercer University in 1997, a master's of education in middle grades education from Georgia Southwestern and State University in 2001, and a doctor of education in educational leadership from Nova Southeastern University in 2005.
3: What did you teach before you went into administration?
4: Before going into administration, I taught at the elementary level in griffin spaulding County Schools. I taught second grade for one year, fourth grade for five years, fifth grade for two years, and I served as an EIP teacher for one year.
3: What's the biggest challenge you faced on a daily basis?
4: The biggest challenge I face on a daily basis is... COVID. As with most schools and school districts, COVID has caused major disruptions in the normal operations of our day. We are currently working hard to socially distance as much as we can in an effort to keep our students and staff members healthy. Our doors are rotating doors right now. Students are constantly in and out. We're doing the best we can to provide virtual and or physical resources to our students who are in quarantine. We look forward to COVID settling down so we can get back to a sense of normalcy.
3: What are some highlights from the last school year?
4: A few of our highlights from last school year include Hubbard Elementary School being named a 2021 high-flying school by the National Youth Advocacy and Resilience Organization. One of our fifth graders, Andrew Sanchez Morgan, was the district spelling bee champion. Sixty three percent of our students in first grade scored at the 50th percentile or higher on the star reading assessment. Fifty percent of students in grades two, four and five scored at the 50th percentile or higher on the star reading assessment. Students in grades one through five showed an average of one and a half years growth on the star math assessment. Our Science Olympiad team placed first in a district competition, and our robotics team placed second in a district competition. Our PTO organization sponsored and completed the installation of two pavilions on our large playground in the back of our school. One of our first grade teachers, Stephanie Steed, was WMAZ's. My teacher is Tops. And one of our fifth grade teachers, Ms Brandy Sims, was Monroe County Schools Teacher of the Year.
3: Congratulations for accomplishing so many achievements this past year. Okay, last question. what are two things you would say to teachers to help them excel this year?
4: Two things I would say to teachers to help them excel this year is, you are making a difference every day. No matter how small, You may feel that difference is it's happening every single day. I would also tell them that everything is going to be okay in the end. I know a lot of times, you know, we get frustrated with everything that's going on. Um, We don't quite understand how to deal with certain situations. But at the end of the day, everything is going to turn out fine.
3: That was some very good advice that I know would help a lot of teachers. Thank you for speaking with us, Dr. McCord.
4: Thank you so much for this opportunity. I hope everyone has a wonderful rest of the year. And we look forward to doing great things at Hubbard Elementary School.
3: Up next, we got Ms. Brown. My name is Sherita Brown, and
5: I currently serve as an assistant principal at Hubbard Elementary School.
3: Hello, Ms. Brown. The first question I have for you today is how long have you been at Samuel E. Hubbard Elementary School, and can you tell us a bit about your educational background?
5: I've been in Monroe County for 20 years. This is my 20th year. Um, I'm a South Georgia native. I received uh, degrees from Abraham Baldwin Agricultural College in Tifton, Georgia, and from Valdosta State University. Um, I have have a degree in uh, educational leadership,
3: What did you teach before you went to administration?
5: Before I went into administration, I taught various uh, grade levels. I taught a variety of those grades in summer school and after school programs, but I mainly taught second grade.
3: What's the biggest challenge you faced on a daily basis?
5: The biggest challenge that I face on a daily basis is not getting to the things that I've planned for. Um... I sit down each day and make a list of things that I like to do for the next day. But sometimes they don't get done because you don't know what your day is going to be like. You don't know what you're going to face when you come in the next day. So I just move it over to the next list.
3: What are some highlights from the last school year?
5: Some of the highlights from last year. Uh, 40 students earned over 100 AR points. Whoop, whoop. And 13 students read over 1 million words. Wow.
3: Congratulations to all those students for accomplishing those impressive achievements this past year. Okay, last question. What are two things you would say to teachers to help them excel this year?
5: What are two things that I could say about a teacher to help them excel this year. One is... Find the good in something each day. While we know it can be tough, but if we find that one good thing in something each day, it'll help uh, us to make it through the next day. Uh, another thing would be uh, to say to your teacher that, you know, they're making a huge impact.
3: That was some very good advice. Thank you for speaking with us, Miss Brown. Last but not least, we have Miss Sykes. The first question I have for you is, How long have you been teaching at Samuel E. Hubbard, and what do you
0: teach?
6: Hey, everyone. I'm Miss Seitz. This is my third year teaching at Samuel E. Hubbard Elementary School here in Munner County. This year, I'm teaching fifth grade language arts and social studies.
3: What do you enjoy most about teaching?
6: What I enjoy most about teaching is the relationships that I build with my students. I think that students have a better chance for success when they know that their teacher cares about them and is interested in what they're interested in. Two of my favorite things to do with and for my students are I love to hear their jokes. They come in and they always have new jokes for me or, you know, little puns that they want to tell me. Um, And I also love going to sporting events for my students. I feel like this is a great way to connect with not only the student, but with their family as well. And just to show them that I do care for them in the classroom and out of the classroom.
3: What is one thing you wish you could change about the teaching profession?
6: One thing that I do wish that I could change about the teaching profession would be the advocacy for teachers. I believe that I have one of the most rewarding careers that you can have. However, it's very difficult to understand why teachers aren't paid for the quality of work that we do and the quantity of hours that we put into our careers and to our students um, so that they can have a good quality of an education. Um, I just, I feel like we build the building blocks of the entire nation and our communities and our states, but we aren't recognized for that. And I just wish that we had more advocacy for that because without teachers, there would be no presidents. There would be um, no doctors, no lawyers, no teachers um, without teachers that were previously in their lives. So I just feel like our jobs are very important and we should be recognized for that.
3: I completely agree with that. But if you weren't a teacher, what would you be doing right now?
6: If I was not a teacher, I think that I would be a pediatric nurse. I've always had a passion for working with children. And my little sister growing up had some um, battles with health. And I just really loved the support that the pediatric nurses at that time gave to not only my sister, but to our family. And that was very um, admirable during that time of my life.
3: Okay. the final question is, what's one of your favorite memories as a student?
6: My favorite memory as a student is the feeling of love and support that I received um, around the grade of sixth grade throughout um, the rest of my time in school, actually. Um, my little sister was diagnosed with cancer in is Childhood Cancer Month. Go gold for childhood cancer. Um, I was in the sixth grade, and although I was going through a really tough time in my life, my teachers, my coaches, my community, everyone at the school, they really helped keep me motivated and and encouraged to always do my best, whether that's in sports or outside of sports, um, in the classroom or outside of the classroom. It just meant the world to me to know that everyone cared for not only me, but for my family. And that in result of that, that is my best memory of education is just feeling that love and support all around me.
3: That's a good memory to have. Thank you for speaking with us Ms. Sites.
0: We also had the chance to speak with Assistant Principal Thomas Yawn. Mr. Yawn, can you start by telling us a little bit about yourself?
7: This is my 17th year in education. I've been here in Monroe County for the past 11 years. My first 7 years were at Mary Persons High School and the last 4 have been here at Hubbard.
0: What is one of the biggest challenges that you face on a daily basis?
7: One of the biggest challenges on a daily basis is the unpredictability. Flexibility is essential to be able to do this job effectively. You really never know what the next minute will hold. You can have the best laid plans, your calendar all lined up, and one phone call or one page of the front office can change the entire course of the day. And you still have to make sure you take care of those things that you had on the calendar as well. So flexibility is definitely a key component.
0: What would you say is Hubbard's biggest accomplishment from last year?
7: I think one of our biggest highlights from last school year was making it through the year and being able to keep our students in the building, um, you know, having face-to-face instruction the way that the previous year had ended with the shutdown, we had so many gaps and teachers were facing huge hurdles uh, with where the students were and where they needed to grow to. And our teachers met that challenge and we saw tremendous growth, uh, especially with reading and the math fact fluency with our students. And so I think our teachers rising to that occasion and helping our students and, and teaching them where they are is our biggest highlight from the last school year.
0: What advice do you have for teachers this year?
7: The first thing I would say to teachers to help them excel this year is to always do what's best for the kids. You know, that doesn't always mean it's going to be what the kids like the most. You know What those students want is not always what's best for them, but I think if a teacher can make every decision and teach every class with what's best for those students in mind that they will excel. The second thing I would say is to do your best each day and then be done for the day. You know, teaching is a is a job that you can never be done. There always is something else you can work on and something you can improve on, but you know, teachers have to come to a point where they've done what they can for that day and be able to leave that and, go on and be with their families be outside of work and have some time to focus on other things so that they're able to come back the next day and give their best again that next day i think those two things would help um, you know anyone in this profession be able to excel
0: thank you mr yawn we also had the chance to speak with a young student about what life is like at hubbard let's listen
7: My name
8: is Jaden Singleton. I am a fourth grader in in Ms. Arp and Ms. Davis's class at Hubbard Elementary School. My favorite thing about Hubbard Elementary School is working. Working is fun because I love working and I am a hardworking man. The worst thing about Hubbard Elementary School is nothing because I just love school and it's just my favorite thing to do as a kid sometimes
0: and yeah oh good job Jaden. i'm glad you're having a great time at hubbard now be sure to join us next week as we focus on another monroe county school there's a new woman in charge of monroe county school's family services mp student sadie eisenhower makes the introduction
8: hey i'm sadie eisenhower and i am interviewing miss jessica evans our new family service coordinator to get to know her a little bit better Hope you enjoy. How much has your role changed since becoming a family service coordinator?
9: Well, my role has changed a lot. Prior to becoming um, the family services coordinator, I was a school counselor um, at the middle school in Lamar County and then the school counselor at Monroe County Middle School. And before that, T.G. Scott. So then I was assigned to one school versus now I'm assigned to all schools to help um, families and our students. So it's changed from just one school to all schools.
8: Did you like being a counselor for just one school or do you like being it for all schools better?
9: I think I like being it for all schools better. Um, I love being a school counselor, but I do think I can help more people when I work at all schools.
8: So you love helping people?
9: Oh, I love helping people. I do. I love children and I love helping um, families get what they need for their children.
8: That's good. What is your favorite part about your new role? My favorite part about
9: my new role is that I get to help a lot of families um, in different ways. Like I help families get groceries. I help families get clothes and um, get counseling if they need counseling, help if they're in crisis situations. So I help the students by helping their families get what they need.
8: What made you want to become a family service coordinator?
9: Well, I'm from Forsyth. I grew up here um, my whole life. I went to married persons. Um, I graduated in 2005. And I've always believed that my motto in my life is to help serve others and to always be a servant to other people so in this job I not only serve my community at one school or one section of the county but I'm able to serve my entire county and the students in the entire county and their families so I think that's what made me want to do this job
8: that sounds very fun it is it's a cool job it is it's a cool job what's your favorite thing to do outside of work
9: Outside of work, I love to go to church. Um, I love to volunteer with my sorority, spend time with family, and go to the splash pad uh, with my two-year-old and Elijah and my niece, Kaylee, who goes to cayman Sutton.
8: As your role as a family service coordinator, did you have to like go to college?
9: Yeah, that's a good question. Um, so my background is in counseling. So when I first graduated from Mayor Persons, I went to Albany State and I got my degree in middle grades education. So my I specialized in math and social science, which is like social studies. So when I graduated, I came back to the middle school and they needed a math teacher. So I finished my, I graduated from college and then I started working, I probably was like 21 at the middle school and so I taught math for a few years and social studies and then I went back to school to get my master's degree in school counseling so I went just down the road to Fort Valley and I got my master's degree and it was it took two years to get that degree and then The counselor that was at the middle school left. So they switched us around and I started working um, at TG Scott with Ms. Smith. And then I decided I wanted to go back and get my specialist degree and that only took one year. So, and most of it was on the computer. So kind of like ingenuity, but at a higher level. So I got that degree while I was still working and then I became a counselor at the middle school. So I stayed there for, you know, a lot of several years. And then after that, I went to Lamar County, so Barnesville, and I was the counselor there for three years. And I decided I want to get my doctorate degree. So now I'm in my last semester working on my doctorate degree in counseling. So in a few months, I'll be finished with that. And that took me. Two and a half years. So you could have you could start being um probably a family services coordinator after you finish your master's degree. But I do think the more knowledge, like the more degrees you get, the more you learn about helping people and how to get resources and stuff like that. So I do think you could start after your first two year degree, but now I'm in my last semester
0: of my doctoral degree.
8: Well, congratulations to you. You are so sweet. Thank you.
0: Thank you for tuning in to Monroe County Schools Radio exclusively on Magic 100 FM. Have a great week. Remember to be a champ. And as always, go dogs. The thoughts expressed in this segment represent Monroe County Schools.